Yes, I want to present this idea of death as an ontological infidelity, which is originally from Paul Louis Landsberg. But curiously enough, uh, Landsberg never actually explained what this concept was, what this understanding of death was. So what I'm going to try to do in a very brief way is try to draw this line from Scheller through Heidegger to this concept of death as an ontological infidelity. Uh, so let's see if I can do it. Uh, first of all, the philosophical study of death encounters the difficulty that death as a problem uh, is not susceptible to be reduced to a given phenomenon. On the contrary, for example, if we think of the Epicurean argument about the nothingness of death, and if it is sound, the first obstacle that philosophy must face is has to access the phenomenon itself. For phenomenology, this is especially complicated. Um, that, because that is a movement opposed to phenomenology. Actually, Levinas would say, and I quote, that is the reversal of appearing. Contrary to what appears, that is like a return of being in itself, where that which becomes turned back into itself and can no longer respond, end of quote. So if that is the opposite of disappearing, what understanding can we have of it? What questions can we ask about it? And what thought is even that, that which goes towards it? So in a recent article uh, from 2014, it is argued that the ontological state of patients in uh, declaring a vegetative state is at least ambiguous. What then is the situation of a patient in permanent vegetative state, the author asks. Is it dead? Is it alive? Or some other state? And they conclude, and I quote, it's neither directly alive nor simply dead, which is more or less to say, we don't know. Uh, in this sense, the works of the authors, Celia Kitzinger and Jenny Kitzinger, resonates with even greater importance. Studying the ontological state of patients in permanent uh, vegetative state is useful for thinking about the philosophical implications of possible treatments. However, in another sense, such an approach to the problem has very few uses for family members who daily face the obligation to have a loved one in such a condition. So the philosophical study of death not only has to deal with the limitations that the problem itself imposes on the practice, but also with the urgencies for a solution that the new advances and medical achievements uh, demands in themselves, even if approximate. So this concept of ontological uh, infidelity that Landsberg introduced, I think, could be helpful to more or less understand the situation, because Landsberg defines this ontological infidelity as the shattering communion between a loving uh, relationship between a self and the other, which this loving community I understand as faith. So let's go in part, let's start with Scheller because he criticized, Landsberg criticized both Schellers and Heidegger. So Max Schellers from the very beginning states that, and I quote, we have to reject with the greatest energy this idea that makes the concept of the, a generic, purely empirical concept, end of quote. That is not, not, it's not simply the cessation of vital functions, not a dark force that reaches existence from a strange and alien sphere, so in Paul Landsberg. But it is an already in every phase of life, however small, and in the very structure of its existence. This idea allows Scheller to understand existence as a going towards death. Yet, how are we to understand this going towards death? And in what original sense is that revealed to the individual, if not through an event as the ending of existence, if not through an empirical uh, experience? 
Schiller understands that the debt of the subject is already given in its existence at all times, and that existence is nothing more than the realization of that debt. In this sense, there is a potentiality in existence, is also its substrate. That is not the opposite of existence, but rather its determination as a concretion of being. However, Scheller indicates that only on the condition of a natural rejection of death, which he identifies as vital impulse, one can, uh, can one's own existence be thrown into daily task. In this contingency, there is a friction between opposites, dead and life, whose synthesis reveals the identity of the self, which Scheller understands is a spirit. He affirms that one must die her own death for herself. So the artificiality of modern man, he defies, according to Scheller, is that he does not die for him, but for the others, as another, and he will die as another for others eventually. There is a sense of inauthenticity in this concept of death, since dying, since denying death, also means denying life. So Scheller places death in the ontological framework of the subject not as a frame cautiously added to the picture of each of the psychic and psychological process, but as a frame that belongs to the pictures and without which it would not be a picture of life. For Scheller, meaning is a preterite. It is always a hazard. The expression is, which colloquially appears as identifies, for example, it's a doctor, it's a philosopher, and so on. Ontologically refers to this tension between affirmation and denial, in which the first pushes the closure and the second resists all determinations. The natural rejection to which Scheller refers comes precisely from investing these values. Uh, but when the denial is denied as resistant of all determination, the subject turns to what, um, the subject turns to that in which no tensions resonate, and whose content already reveals a certain significance in things. That's why Scheller indicates, and I quote, what the modern man sees and thinks, and how he sees and thinks, it will be a consequence of the way in which he and manipulates things, end of quote. The relationship with the other passes through this person, in which work and profit become their own impulses, and with them they become infinite, end of quote, that was a quote, sorry. In this sense, Bernard Schumacher uh, thinks that Scheller has dismissed the reality of the other as an essential element to achieve an authentic experience of knowledge and knowledge of the other. But this seems incorrect, uh, the relationship with the other, according to uh, Scheller's analysis, is already discovered alienated because of a first and original alienation of the self with its own death prevent. But then, how does man reach a knowledge of death? Uh, how does man reach a knowledge of his own mortality? It's not through an experience with the other. Uh, where does he derive the reality of his own death, if not through an empirical observation? That man is a spirit means to Scheller that he's in a special relationship with the background of reality of the universe, which he calls metaphysics. Scheller understands philosophy as the loving act of participation by the core of the human being uh, in the essence of all things. Philosophy is not a love that lacks eros, for example, but it opens the world in a harmonious communion with the essential. It is an openness that pushes the subject out of himself to absolute value, to infinity, and above all, that is not motivated by domination and manipulation. In this sense, philosophical action is rather an act of surrender than lets things speak for themselves as they are. This act of renunciation reveals life as a closed totality, on whose background all the experiences and special destinies appear. Scheller tried to draw a parallelism in between thinking one's own life and thinking the cosmos. 
uh, and I don't think it's uh, it's incorrect because in as much as this communion is participation in the whole, there is a uh, there is a revealing lack that comes not from the whole but from within. To use a Levinas quote, in the totality there is nothing to think. He says this when analyzing uh, Hegel's conception of nothingness. Nothing shows itself uh, as an intuition to the subject that accompanies the affirmation of the self. Thinking the being is inseparable from thinking the non-being because the thought that goes towards itself and objectifies it, even aware of the cardinality of it in time and space, apprehends in whole, although not in its entirety. Scheller deduces from this the going towards death in which existence is constituted and for which aging is only an empirical and secular order manifestation. And this is important because Landsberg will criticize Scheller in saying that, and I quote, the human experience of the necessity of death reaches beyond biology, just as it reaches beyond the data provided by the feeling of what we know, Schumacher, which I already quote, uh, in the same way as Landsberg, also senses that the access to death goes through an analysis of the aging process that reveals the reality of death as an a priori of existence. But in both cases, what is lost in this criticism is a correct understanding of what philosophy is for Scheller and what it provides. The modern man who has denied it, according to Scheller, has first and foremost escaped from himself. He carries a guilt that pursues him. Man who has objectified time on the clock lives near in the immediacy of life, most elementary impulses. Time is not the frame of possibility, but pressure and coercion. It pushes to the surface. In this understanding, the idea of an authentic death will, will ultimately be nothing more than a true way of being. Now, there are Heidegger will take this idea, although he doesn't recognize it, this in being on time. And I think it's a great influence of his analysis of death. So, very important to keep in mind this loving community that philosophy can bring support. Uh, and this idea of, of revealing the nothingness of death. Now, what about Heidegger? So, now we are going from the subject to a desubjectification, which is also very important. In the first pages of Being on Time, Heidegger already warns that, and I quote, every idea of the subject still possesses the subjective, ontologically along with it. Therefore, the point of the departure from an initially given ego and subject totally fails to see the phenomena content of Dasein. However, Heidegger's attempt that being in his being given is shown, thrown in the world. The way in which being is revealed is through a question that does not flow in a vacuum, but is rooted, which takes care of circumstances, a question whose mere enunciation is already a first answer. But then, if there is no subject, who is asking? What subject is Dasein? And if Heidegger says none, then maybe this must be understood in the double sense of the anonymity of existence in the improper of this man, and as a particular moment in the history of being. There, that Levinas could say that, and I quote again, Dassin's privilege resides in the fact that he exists ontologically. All that is man, all his moralities, are adverse, not properties, but manners of being, end of quote. But then again, who dies? In what sense is that the most proper possibility in Heidegger's work? Or why is the possibility of all impossibility and not, as Sartre would say, the impossibility of all possibility? Well, first we have to understand 
what all possibilities consist of. Had your procedures been thrown into a state of original improperty, this may lead one to think, on the one hand, of the arriving at the, of the possibility of a state of property prior to improperty, and on the other, on the possibility of arriving at the property of this being of the self from the correction of the improperty. For example, Mauricio Gonzalez of France, and I quote, the drama of our daily coexistence consists in how to take distance, how to become properly myself, how to singularize, end of quote. But none of this meaning seems correct. Being thrown is already and can only be improperly. That is, there is no being thrown metaphysically prior to the ontological improperty of being there. And there is no being thrown that can overcome the improperty by reaffirmation of myself in the world. That is why Heidegger states that das man, the one, or the, depending on the translation, is an existential and belongs as a primordial phenomenon to the positive constitution of Dasa. Or in other words, in the improperty of being thrown, being is probably being there. In this sense, being is always away from home. What existing is at the familiarity of the house. His house is everyone's. There is there being oneself is the act of being like everyone else. And rejection always has within sight what it rejects, because its sense of distancing comes from a sharp reaffirmation of what it flees from. Hence Heidegger says, that's mine, and I quote, sorry, that's mine, maintains itself tacitically, tactically, sorry, uh, concerned with averageness, what is loud and what is not. This averageness, which prescribes what can and may be ventured, watches over every expectation, every priority, is noisily squashed. Overnight, everything primordial is flattened down as something long since known. Everything gained by a struggle becomes something to be manipulated. Every mystery loses its power. The care of options reveal, in turn, an essential tendency of Dasein, which we call the leveling down of all possibilities of being. So two side ideas seem clear. One, every possibility is referential. That is, every possible being is in reference to the immediacy of existence. Second, we must avoid any kind of uh, subtification of that sign. That is, being there uh, stands for a determined structure that Heidegger calls care and reveals an inexhaustibly and original fall, like that is at the same time the very being of possibility. So if the analysis is correct so far, then the possibility of possibility is the real possibility. A possibility that does not come from the mediation, not is referential to it, but it's not irrefutable in this double movement of affirmation and rejection that consisted of distancing oneself from the one. But irreferent does not mean a referential. Its reference is not to the immediate, but to the then eragonism, or as some scholars translate it, knowing. Um, that is, as a beginning, a shipment, but at the same time, as an on in a true closing of the self. If Heidegger's notion of death is seen in the horizon of his entire work, I cannot help but see a messianic sense uh, that seems to prevail in it, which heralds a new beginning, a new coming. The referential death is heroic because, as Levinas points out, and I quote again, it is said in the epic of being. Heidegger depersonalized that by placing it in the history of being, but singularized it by giving the, this redeeming and creative character. Sartre, who tried to disregard any essence prior to existence, fails to free himself from the idea of an already constituted ego. The thrownness of being in the world for him still maintains a deep subjective sense. 
and the nothingness of death is an absolute nullity that differs completely from the existential annihilating action of thought for itself, essentially separated from the world. For Heidegger, on the other hand, authentic death is not a simple nullity, just as existence is not recognizing the action of annihilating subject that is on the world rather than in it. Authentic death is not a mere effectuality of nothingness, but the breaking up with the immediacy of existence by precisely showing its fallen character. The nothingness of death is a space for a new reference whose origins stem from the reaffirmation of the self. Hence, the responsibility to, of having to be that anxiety reveals is responsibility for being. And while no one can die my own death, it can be taken away. How does this relate to the ontological infidelity that Lansbury characterized it, or more importantly, to the, our first question, which was, what is the ontological status of patients in legislative states? Well, I think that by this analysis, the question, this original question has shifted. It's not much a question about the ontological state of patients in permanent vegetative state, but what's the ontological status of the relative of those patients? Because if the, if the description of higher perception of death is sound, then we could say that the patients have lost, have been ripped uh, apart from their impossibility of all impossibility. So Lansford believes in this loving community between self and the other, which I recognize as an act of faith. But uh, if we understand this loving community as, for example, Scheller presents this idea of love, this renouncement, and we take in consideration this idea of responsibility to be, then we could say that the ones who are experiences uh, the act of dying there, just to use uh, an expression of Kierkegaard, are the relatives. The relatives are the ones who are precisely suffering from, from this ontological uh, infidelity, because now the responsibility would be to what exactly? And it's really terrible to speak this way. Uh, in that sense, that's what I'm most concerned. And most importantly, uh, it reveals, just to uh, echo the question that was said before, that as a state in facticity, not just as an ontological constitution of, of being. Thank you so much.